This is Jonathan Mickles with the Strategic Multifamily Investing Podcast, and today I have with me Mr. Kevin Breckenridge. How are you doing, Kevin? Hey, I'm doing wonderful, Jonathan. I'm doing wonderful. Excellent. So Kevin and I met a number of years ago, and I forgot how we met, um, but, you know, with a lot of real estate um, uh, type uh, programs, if you will, in the Washington, D.C. I'm pretty sure it was at some sort of real estate investment association. And uh, I found out that he was a, a realtor as well. And so we we formed a uh, relationship back then. So um, over at the time, uh, he was about to be engaged when we first met and then he got engaged and we were uh, working at a nonprofit. Do you remember the nonprofit we worked at, man, um, that Thanksgiving yeah, I think it was um, Bread for the City. Bread for the City. Uh, yep, in the Washington, D.C. area. And I think we were putting together Thanksgiving boxes for uh, for those that were in need. And it was great. There's a video out there somewhere <laughs> <laughs> that I created. And it's we're talking, you know, probably a good 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, how long have you been married right now, man? Uh, actually, next week we'll celebrate five years. Oh, congratulations! Yeah. Congratulations! So, it's it, this is probably at least six or seven years ago. Probably, I don't know that we did bread for the city in uh, the DC area, and um, we just continue to stay in contact from there. I heard that you were doing some a couple of years ago. You were doing some things in commercial real estate, and it just made sense to uh, to reconnect here. And so, I'm glad we reconnected, man. Um, you're doing some big things yourself. So let me, let, let's go back to the origin story. How did you get involved in real estate? Was it automatically commercial or did you start off residential? Not at all. Not at all. So first, Jonathan, I want to thank you for having me on your show, man. I really appreciate the fact that you have gone through the energy and the effort to put together a podcast to get the knowledge and the information out there. You know, I do a lot of the same and similar things. So I know how much effort it takes, uh, but I also know how impactful it is. So thank you for putting this together and for documenting people's journey, right? Um, as they move throughout life and as they move throughout their real estate career. So for me, my first real exposure to real estate was in 2008. I was an intern, I was an economic development intern for the city of Cincinnati, um, Cincinnati, Ohio. And as an intern, I had two specific projects I was working on. One, I was working with the International Franchise Association. They were coming to Cincinnati, they wanted to put on a big event. Um, so I essentially put together this huge, it actually turned out to be a, a big success, uh, but put together a big conference with the IFA. Uh, they came in, they did a full day of conference and exhibit, just really teaching and educating people about the opportunities and franchising. Um, so that was the first project. The second project was actually working on a very large um, transformative real estate development project in Cincinnati called The Banks. Um, yeah, it was a huge multi-billion dollar project. And it was one of those once in a lifetime projects that uh, really transforms an entire uh, city. And I'll give you an example. Uh, the most comparative example I can think of is the wharf in Washington, DC. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, That's this project, yep, it was of that magnitude. Um, 
it, because it was literally transforming the entire waterfront of uh, Cincinnati at a time when Cincinnati, the downtown area of Cincinnati really became dead. You know, after 5 p.m., it became a ghost town. And so the mayor at the time was really um, pushing a more progressive agenda for the city. And really a lot of the things that he did and that he was doing um, was the precursor to the uh, liveliness and the vibrancy of downtown Cincinnati um, as it is today. So anyway, my second project was working on this Banks project. And at the time, it was right around the time for ICSC. Um, and for anyone who's listening, who you know isn't familiar with ICSC, that's the International Council of Shopping Centers, which is the largest real estate conference, deal-making conference in the world. Yeah. Every year, about 50,000 practitioners, investors, brokers, owners, franchisers. I mean, it runs the gamut. Everyone comes together and literally they say like 40 to 60% of the year's deals are made at this conference. Um, so it's a very high level conference, very high level opportunity to watch deal making happen. And my job was to help the city package itself uh, from a documentation standpoint, a marketing standpoint, as an opportunity to do business, to package this uh, bank's opportunity as a place to come and open up your business, um, and then also set up the individual meetings between the city and the mayor himself and the city's representatives through the economic development department to, to package that up, sell it, as an opportunity and then to set up those meetings. Um, and because of the work that I did, I had the opportunity to actually travel to Vegas, attend ICSC. Yep. That's what it is every day in Vegas, yeah, yeah. Major, man, I mean major, sit in on these meetings where you're watching in the span of 10 to 15 minutes, you're watching multi-million dollar deals happen. You're watching transactions happen that affect an entire city as the city you know now has an entertainment hub to come to so the restaurants that people were eating at the hotels that people are, are staying at i was there watching those deals come together um, as well as those deals not happen there was a lot of jockeying there was a lot of evaluation hey is this the right uh, type of brand of you know, company that we want to bring to this city, uh, to this downtown area? Does it have the right vibrancy and things like, of that nature? Um, as well as seeing the entertainment aspect of it, where you're sitting down and uh, you're watching, you know, people laugh and have fun and drink and eat and spend thousands of dollars, you know, over a lunch. But at yeah. the same time, they're, they're making big deals happen. So that was my real first exposure to real estate on a high scale. Uh, but at that time, I, 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 I wasn't focused on getting into real estate as a profession because I was, I was actually, that was actually my senior year of college. Um, and I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I was a business major. Um, then I was flirting with the idea of working for government and politics. Um, so at that time, I, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. But that was the, the first real exposure um, that would really stick with me over time. So, so that was, where'd you go to college? Cause I was going to ask, you know, what, what, you know, how did you get to Cincy? Are you from Cincy or you just, you went to college there? Yeah. So actually I, I'm from Washington. I was born in DC. Uh, but because of, you know, my family dynamics, I was back and forth, back and forth, literally between DC and Cincinnati. Um, and when I was right around 11, I moved to Cincinnati, uh, you know, for good, 
Um, and I was living with my grandfather and uh, my grandmother, and uh, I was, you know, raised by them partly. So sure. that's sure. how I ended up in Cincinnati. But my first year at college, I actually went to Youngstown State uh, University. Oh, I was an athlete. I was a track athlete. And so I went to Youngstown State for a year, which is in Northeast Ohio. Um, okay. I, I didn't like being as isolated as I was at uh, YSU. So I transferred to UC and uh, graduated from the University of Cincinnati uh, with a, a bachelor's in business administration. Well, you've, you've done it up. Now, what part of what part of DC you're from? I, I would say I'm from DC. I, I, I grew up in a little uh, town that's right outside of DC. Some people call it Ward 13, Capitol Heights. <laughs> Cap Heights. Uh, specifically, Seat Pleasant. Shout out to the mobile mayor, uh, Eugene. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. I'm, your name, your last name is 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 uh, is disappearing for me right now. But uh, he's currently the mayor of Seat Pleasant and has been for a long period of time. Where did you uh, Where did you grow up in DC? Beautiful. So, man, uh, like like I said, with my background, I was I was bouncing. I was bouncing, but. Yeah. Um, originally, uh, I was right off of South Capitol Street, man. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Originally, uh, right off of South Capitol. Uh, once I was born, we stayed with some family members actually in the H Street corridor off of K okay. Street. Yeah. Um, and then moved over to Southeast off of South Capitol. Yep. And then uh, from South Capitol, we actually moved out to Silver Spring, Maryland. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, from Silver Spring, I went to school in the White Oak area. Um, until finally, like I said, I, I moved to Cincinnati for good. So a little bouncing around there. Also, um, a little bit off of Rhode Island, stay with uh, my, yeah, yeah. I, I got two grandmas. So, uh, yeah. you know, so one, so one of them uh, lived in uh, off of Rhode Island uh, in Brooklyn. So, you know, bounce around a little bit. Yeah, it's it's uh it's very hard to find some people who are actually from Washington D.C. Yeah, such a yeah. transient city. Absolutely. Uh, you know, every four years you got people coming in and out because of you know the politics, and then just because of the type of town it is. Yep. Um, it's very difficult to actually find people who have lived in and are from the Washington D.C. area. So that's cool. Yes, sir. So then, hospital, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I get you. But how how did you get yourself into, I mean, I know that you went to school, you know, for business, but, you know, getting into the economic development center, you know, that's, that's, that's some heavy stuff. You know, how did you get that internship? Because I know that there are probably some young people who are interested in, in getting involved in that level. How did you get involved in that? Man, I, you know, a couple ways, honestly, and it's funny that, you know, you, you mentioned that's a, that's a heavy hitter and a high level. At the time, you know, I really didn't think of it like that. I was moving right. and shaking. I was doing so much um, stuff at the University of Cincinnati. I, I've always been involved. Um, so always been an athlete. When I transitioned to college, I started doing a lot more social activities, uh, fraternities and different clubs and things like that. Um, and then I was very plugged into what was happening through the, the universities, um, you know, the, the College of Business, what was uh, coming through the uh, career department at UC. So one, being very connected um, to groups, being very connected to information um, and being very connected to people. Um, and so one day I was on my email, you know, checking my email and uh, I saw an email come through the career, the UC career department and uh, I, you know, I clicked on it because at this time I, I was getting ready to graduate. I was about six months from graduation. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I, you know, the first half of the school year, I had been doing formal interviews on campus, you know, yeah. really trying to find, you know, you, when you go to college, 
that senior year, it's all about, okay, you got to find that, you know, that job post-college and there's, you know, all of that pressure. Um, so I was in that mode looking for opportunities. And when I, I saw the email come through, it said the vet, economic development intern, uh, but it, it was actually out of the mayor's office, not out of the economic development office, which they're, they're both in the same building on the same floor, but it was actually working for the mayor um, out of his office. And Lucky enough, uh, my fraternity brother, who actually came, I'm, a, I'm an alpha. alpha I was about to say, we're, we're fraternity. You got to shout out to fraternity. Hey, man, absolutely. Six, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, what, what they call my Sands, who I came into the fraternity with, he actually, he's a, a political heavy hitter. He has been for a very long time. Um, and at the time, he was working for the mayor in the mayor's office. Um, and the mayor's staff was only... Uh, you know, actual office staff was maybe five people. So as soon as I saw that email, I, I followed the instructions. I put together my cover letter. I, I, I you know, I, I made the edits to my resume. I sent it in and I hit them up immediately. And I said, look, man, there's this internship down at the mayor's office. I just sent in my information. I just wanted to let you know, brother, if it's anything, you know, you could do for me, you know, man, I, I'd, I'd appreciate it. And, um, you know, within a matter of days, uh, I was, I, I had an interview, I went down, you know, did the official interview. Um, and, you know, within a week or two, I was, uh, I was offered the, the internship. Um, and, uh, and the internship was set up specifically for those uh, two projects that I mentioned. And, and of course, you know, I had the, I had the skills, I had the experience. Um, I was, like I said, I was a business major. At this point, I had already uh, traveled the world um, doing, really? uh, yeah, doing, you um, uh, uh, school, uh, what's it, uh, the school, uh, study abroad programs and things like that. So I, I had a lot of, you know, a lot of skills to back it up, but nonetheless, I did kind of, you know, leverage that, that, uh, existing relationship as well. Absolutely. So there's a lot of things here that you've mentioned and, uh, someone said success leaves clues. Mm -hmm. So for somebody who's like, well, how did, you know, he get into, cause we're going to get into your, your background now in, in the commercial real estate field, but, mm -hmm you know, how did they get started? You know, you, you, you heard there were a lot of different things that he overcame, you know, he went to school uh, on a track scholarship, but he didn't let the, the athleticism be the only thing that he, you know, was to be known for. He went into business, right? He started doing a bunch of things there. He got connected. He got connected to um, Alpha Phi Alpha, right? And there was a relationship there where he leveraged his network. Some people say that your network is your net worth. And sometimes you just need to call your net work. Uh, I'm talking to myself here and uh, I have, and I'm starting to do that. As uh, many of you, you know, it just takes me a long time because relationships take a little bit of time. You know, you got to know, like, and trust somebody in order to do business with them and, uh, you know, work with them over time. And so Kevin, you've been able to do that. That's awesome. There was one other thing um, you mentioned ICSC. Uh, have you worked with Project REAP? at all you know you know I, i'm i'm definitely familiar with project reap i i never applied uh okay. to be a part of the program but uh, no I, i'm definitely familiar i've known people i think you went through project reap as i well. did yep. i did i was so, class of 2014 in washington dc class project reap uh the reason why i was saying is because uh, at the time the the advisor or the uh, director for the group uh, was uh employed by icsc 
okay. and, uh, okay. they allowed students to, for, you know, like nominal fee, if, if anything, um, to get out to Vegas. All they had to do is just pretty much get out to Vegas and take care of themselves and they could go to the conference and actually mm -hmm. see and interact with other uh, former um, uh, people. So Project REAP, just for those who may be listening, is um, a organization developed for uh, to increase minorities in commercial real estate. Not necessarily uh, multifamily, it could be in, you know, uh, all types of commercial real estate. So if you're interested, there may be a, a chapter in um, in your area. Go to, uh, I think, projectreap.org, R-E-A-P, projectreap.org, and that will help you do that. Now, um, you're now in commercial real estate. How many years do you have right now in commercial real estate? Yeah, so that's, um, that's actually a great question. So before we get there, I just want to clarify oh, one sure. thing. Mm -hmm. I, I actually didn't get a scholarship to run track. I was a walk-on. I was I was a champion and I walked on to Youngstown State. And part of the reason why I left is because they wouldn't give me a scholarship. After we had set school records, we set conference records. I was a champion, cha league champion, and they and they still wouldn't offer me a scholarship. So that uh lessened my incentive to uh, stay at YSU, but um, nonetheless, it's a, a great, you know, a great lesson there um, that sometimes you adapt, sometimes you change, sometimes you make decisions and you never know how that path is going, you know, where that's going to lead to. But, uh, you know, it's one of the most interesting decisions that I made, but ultimately I am, uh, you know, more than happy with the, with making that decision in the route, you know, that it, it took my life in. So, yeah. Um, but, so what what uh, what uh, track and field meet did you uh, did you would you run did you run or did were you shot put or javelin? No, no, or? I was a I was a runner. Yeah, I was okay. a runner. By the time I was in uh, college, I was mostly focused on uh, the four hundred. Funny enough, the uh, the hurdles, uh, three hundred hurdles, four hundred hurdles, um, and uh, the four by four. The four by four and the four hundred were my my two you know main uh, focuses, man. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, um, you know, I was uh, I was not a part of a fraternity. I uh, I was kind of me fi me until uh, <laughs> I got to got to grad school, and I think uh, yeah, I think it was grad school when I became a, a part of Upsilon Pi Epsilon, the Computer Science Honor Society, and I became okay. <laughs> perfect. So, perfect. I'm Mr. Upsilon, if anybody's out there who understands that. Um, Nonetheless, uh, I had another question I'll get into a little bit more because it's really connected to, you know, how you got your pivot to yep. um, to multifamily. So you move back to Washington, D.C., some years, whatever, and you're there and you wanting to get involved in real estate. How how did uh, how did you pivot from like business to now? I, yeah, I do want to get into real estate. How did that happen? Yep. So um so actually, I went, I stayed, after I graduated, I stayed in Cincinnati a year, um, decided the, the, the job that I had taken after the mayor's office, ultimately, I, I didn't really like it. I was working for a, a very high-end commercial printer um, in their management rotation program. Didn't like the industry, didn't like where I was working, and I was Hold looking for more opportunity. Hold on. You said a printer, right? Yeah. I, but so you're talking I, about champion, champion. I, I'm talking about very high quality printing for Tiffany, oh, okay. Harry, you know, Harry Winston. I mean, very high end, high quality, but it was at a time when definitely when the industry was changing. 
um, and changing from you know print to digital, and you were really seeing that in this company uh, that had been around for a long time. But uh, but anyway, I went off. I, I left. Um, I left that company, and I, I decided to go to Korea to teach English. I had some friends teaching English in Korea, so I went to uh, Korea. I taught English for a while, uh, but while I was there, I was trying to figure out. Okay, Kevin, you just graduated. You're already on your second job. You know, out of college. What do you really, you know, want to do with your life? What do you really want to do? And uh, I, you know, I thought about it. I did all the career assessments and you know, asking all the career questions. And uh, one of the questions was, well, what do you like to do? Um, and you know, who are you? What do you like to do? What type of environment do you like to work in? Um, and so I, I really thought about that, and I looked back over. You know, looked at back over my life, my different work experiences, and uh, actually, before I left college, I had I wanted to be an event planner. Um, I started a business throwing parties and hosting events and things like that. And I actually thought about doing that, uh, but I re I realized I didn't ultimately want to do that. But that type of putting things together, connecting with people, bringing people, to, you know, bringing people together, um, that collaboration, uh, the dynamics of, you know, getting out of the office, being out of the office, all of that type of stuff um, was important to me. Um, and then the exposure to real estate that I had at ICSC really is what tipped the scale because I thought about what my long-term goals were. My long-term goals were to be wealthy, right? To, to be rich, to be wealthy. Um, and coming from a background of poverty yeah. and reading the statistics, reading the information and knowing from, you know, third-party verification, like your rich dad, poor dad, that mm -hmm. most people, right? I, I'm, I'm five foot three, you know, five foot four on a good day if I got the right shoes on. Although I was a great athlete, I wasn't going to the league. Um, I didn't have the mindset of becoming an, an Olympic champion. Um, and then even finding out that Olympic champions don't really make a lot of money, right? Um, so for me, uh, the logical decision was business. And then having the opportunity to meet my first billionaire during ICSC, right? And, and the guy, he was a normal guy. He had on a suit, open collar. We're just, we're at a random uh, nightclub. And I didn't even know he was a billionaire until after having conversed with him, shook his hand, shared a drink with him. And the, the late legislative assistant I was with said, hey, you know, he's like a billionaire, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, right. so having, having some of those exposures, I was like, you know what, man, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try this real estate and I'm going to figure it out. I didn't know what I wanted to do in real estate, but right. I was like, I'm going to try real estate and I'm going to figure it out. Um, so when I came back to the States, I was 100% focused on real estate and based off of my research, the, the easiest way for me to get in and where I saw the, the opportunity was to become a real estate agent. And so as soon as I got back to the, the, the States, I relocated to back to DC and I immediately signed up for, uh, for a real estate course and started going down that path of becoming, um, becoming a real estate agent and then became a real estate agent in DC and Maryland and Virginia. And then everything just kind of organically happened from there. Um, and my main goal at the time was to just learn as much as I could. I, I did not have a singular goal. My goal wasn't to, you know, make a million dollars by this time or, uh, or, you know, to have this type of business. I just wanted to learn and become right. a student at a game. And I, and I figured that over time, I would kind of navigate and to find my way. And ultimately um, that's, you know, that's ultimately what happened and how 
you know, we both ended up here today having this type of conversation yeah. because I was able to find, you know, find what I ultimately wanted to accomplish and how I wanted to do that. Um, and that ultimately led me to multifamily real estate um, and particularly focusing on the commercial real estate space. Got it. So you're doing real estate syndications right now, or um, are you pretty much taking down things yourself? Yeah. So, um, so I've actually, so my, the majority of my um, experiences in the residential sector, and that's, that's how, you know, that's how we met. Um, right. And while doing the residential piece, the brokerage, the wholesaling, um, working with investors. I worked with a lot of investors and I mentioned this in my bio. I helped a lot of investors repeatedly make six-figure returns. Um, and, I, and as I was going through that process and that learning experience, I thought I wanted to be just the developer, right? I, I was like, okay, I started off as an agent. I'm like, okay, great. I'm a real estate agent, which is, this is actually a great lesson in um, how you title and how you label yourself. Uh, one of the things that I learned being a real estate professional, right? You're, you're diving into the world of entrepreneurship. Um, if you don't know that, you definitely are diving into the world of entrepreneurship. Um, and that gives you a lot of power and a lot of responsibility, which ultimately can be harmful, but it can be very beneficial. And at different times, it's going to be both. But one of the most powerful things is the ability for you to be able to elevate yourself professionally, personally, and financially. Um, and so as I was matriculating through the levels, how I labeled myself determined my point of view right. and the opportunities that came my way. Um, so at one point I labeled myself as a real estate agent and right. that's how I thought, that's how I operated. Um, and then at another level, I labeled myself as a real estate broker and that's how I thought and that's how I operated and that determined the opportunities that came my way. And as I was matriculating through those levels, agent to broker, I then saw, hey, I'm helping these guys make a lot, guys and gals, right? Men and women, I'm helping them make a lot of money. And yes, I'm getting great commissions, right? Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm making great commissions, but when I see that six figure settlement check, they're making good money too. Um, and so I was like, hey, I want to become a developer. Um, right. And that was my thing. I love development. I love the development process. Um, and so ultimately I became a developer. But in that experience, I realized something about development that was a hard um, but very important lesson to learn. Um, and that was development has no existing income stream, <laughs> right? There's no existing cash flow with the real estate development project. Um, and so there are a lot of implications that come with that. Um, and through those implications, through those learning lessons of being a developer, of having difficult deals, of experiencing what it's like to have more money going out than what's coming in mm -hmm. and yeah. waiting for that big check, that's right. what actually forced me to pivot to something that made more sense, especially from a syndication standpoint, because I was syndicating investors' capital in development deals that ultimately were rewarding, but the risk level and the risk tolerance- Much higher. Much higher. For you as the syndicator, for you as the investor who is bringing investors' capital together, 
yes, you can make a lot of money and yes, um, you can have a lot of success and development, but when you're dealing with others people, other people's capital, you have to be able to find the right balance um, and risk tolerance to ensure right the preservation of investor capital as well as the return of investor capital. Um, so in 2018, around the middle of 2018, um, that's actually when I really seriously started considering uh, multifamily. Uh, it's funny because you had asked me a, a couple months ago, um, you're like, man, I thought you had gotten into multifamily uh, before that. And right. it's funny because I, I had forgotten all about it, but <laughs> I had taken a look at multifamily before and I started going through the education and packaging deals. But when I look back on the knowledge and the experience that I have now and where I was at the time, I wasn't ready. Um, and that's yeah. why ultimately I never moved past having a few meetings here, building, you know, starting to build a team there because I wasn't ready. I was focused on all these other things, right? I was doing wholesaling. I was doing retail brokerage. I was doing uh, development projects. Yeah. I was, you know, was I was doing too many, was, yeah, was I was doing too many things um, that, before yeah. I had the level of experience to be able to handle and to manage all of that. Um, so to answer your question, in 2018, I, I, I've stumbled ac across Rod Cleef. And ah, yes, I know yep. about yeah. Okay, he's 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 a, he's a big name in this in space. Yeah, absolutely. Stumbled across Rodcliffe and um and uh, uh, me and uh, a couple of uh, actually some agents that were with my brokerage, we decided to attend his conference in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting in this conference, the boot camp, a three day boot camp in, in uh, Chicago. This was August of 2018. And I'm sitting in the boot camp and I'm looking at all of this information. And of course, I've got all of this prior experience. And I'm like, this is it. Uh, this is the perfect investment vehicle that provides the, the most, in my opinion, the most amount of balance, the best return, and ultimately, which is being proven during this pandemic, the most security. Um, and especially, again, if you're talking about syndication, it's, it provides the most uh, the highest level of security when it comes to, at a minimum, the preservation of investor capital, which is the number one priority when it comes to syndication, when it comes to investing um, and using other people's uh, yeah, capital. Um, so, so, yep. So from, from that time frame, that's when I really decided, okay, I'm done with residential. I'm done with brokerage. I'm done with wholesaling. I'm done with everything. I'm pivoting and I'm specializing and I'm focusing on multifamily and I'm focusing on commercial. And that kind of, and that's really where the major shift and pivot happened for me. Um, and that led to where, again, where we are today. Um, so I can talk about that a little bit more, but I kind of sure. got a little long-winded. So let me- No, that's, that's fine. That's a, again, success leaves clues. A couple of different things you mentioned in there, preservation of capital. Um, you know, rule number one in, in business is lose no money. Rule number two is- lose no money <laughs> rule number three is lose no money so the initial capital that somebody invests they should be able to at least get that back if not uh if not more uh, also to understanding risk tolerance is a is another big thing um and you know a lot of times in the uh when i'm talking with new uh potential investors you know i ask about what is your risk tolerance you know high medium or low you know what type of things are you you know you interested in and um that's important and if you want to know you know that that um, questionnaire that i use uh go over to kim lisa taylor's um website 
um, Kim Lisa Taylor is an attorney, a syndication attorney. And uh, we did a podcast with her before, and she uh, has a questionnaire that uh, you could use, if you will, with uh, your syndicators that you're, you're speaking with. And um, another thing that you mentioned here was that um, not to focus on too many things. And I think that it is, it is a recipe for disaster and danger um, when you, you know, you're very talented and gifted, right? You can do a lot of different things. You know, you were doing you know, event planning, teaching English in Korea, uh, track athlete, uh, you know, business with EDC and ICSC. And, you know, you obviously can can float in a lot of different areas. But if you continue to focus on all of those things, uh, it's a recipe for disaster. You have to focus your, your energy and focus your talent. Can you do multiple things? Absolutely. But try to at least get something up and running that that can sustain you. And obviously, as you mentioned, multifamily, at least um, here for a lot of people, um, you know, has been one of those things that has been a surprise um, that, you know, even in the pandemic, you know, with what's been going on, some people say, well, it's been propped up by the government. It's this, that, the third, it's going to crash. It's going to continue to stay, whatever it is at this point in time, being a year in, and we're recording this in, uh, in May of 2021, it, it, it continues to do what it's supposed to do. So again, focusing on too many things is uh, an issue, is a problem. So now you've made the decision that you wanted to focus on multifamily. You, you've gotten some uh, mentoring through Rod Cleef. Did you continue mentoring with him or are you connected with his group anymore or uh, have you now gone out on your own? Yeah, so, um, so not formally uh, coached by um, Rod Cleef. You know, his, uh, he, he's, got, he's got some hefty programs. Um, but I, I am a student of a number of uh, top uh, syndicators, um, from Rod Cleef to Brad Sumrock to Joe Fairless. Um, just really, uh, again, well, a, you haven't mentioned mine. Uh, Michael Blanc. Michael Blanc. Michael Blanc. You can You the know. Red Boot LLC. Absolutely. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not me. Michael Blanc. Michael oh, Blanc. Michael Blanc. Oh no. Yeah, right. yeah. Absolutely. Michael. He's from the, uh, well, he started in the, uh, the Washington DC area, actually Northern Virginia area. Mm -hmm. And uh, funny story, I met Michael um, before he, he started doing um, apartment syndications. Wow. Because I was an agent trying to chase his uh, fix and flip business. Yeah. Uh, but he had multiple agents that were working with him and uh, wasn't able to do that. But I was, you know, at the time, um, uh, taking some additional certifications and actually started teaching a little bit um, for the Sharfin Institute some time ago, um, probably what, 2010 or so uh, when I was doing that. And when I got back and, you know, just kept in, you know, communication, relationships, right? Um, then, then I reached out to Michael and, you know, that's when he was starting the uh, syndicated deal analyzer and starting the ultimate, ultimate apartment, you know, course. Wow. So this is just kind of how things, you know, happen when you yeah. keep in relationship with people, that's important. Right. Yeah. Um, but let's get back, let's get back to you. So, so you, you haven't necessarily formally gone through those, but again, you've had a bunch of other experience in syndications before, because, you know, you you know, we're doing development there for a while. And so you're back in DC, um, 
what's what's now the impetus how how where are you pivoting right now where where are your markets that you're interested in and yeah let, let me start there where are your markets let me let me just rapid fire you a little bit yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm gonna say you are you already hit me with a couple so um yeah definitely i definitely want to just say yes uh focus man is is extremely important and one of the the gifts and the curse of being an entrepreneur and being entrepreneur entrepreneur minded is that again you can do a lot of different things there are a lot of shiny different objects but if you can focus on that one and what i'm really seeing is it's hard for people, even successful people to focus on one. And if you can focus on one and run that deep, man, there's there's very little uh, that you can't achieve and that you can't accomplish. Um, but uh, as far as um, the syndication, so, after you know, after really taking all in all of the information and the opportunity and and multifamily and deciding that that's what I wanted to do, I had to take some time to wind down from my residential business. Um, I had to take time to learn, really intimately learn um, the multifamily space. Um, and where then, you, how did you learn? Where did where did you go other than Rod Cleef's boot camp? Yeah, absolutely, man. So of course, there are a ton of podcasts out there. This is this is a great, a great example of how information changes, um, exchanges. Um, and when you're talking about pursuing investments, when you're talking about real estate, this is a business where you have to educate, self-educate, self-educate. And this is not, um, you know, a formal university environment, right? right? This is something that um, uh, Robert Kiyosaki talks about. Uh, uh, you know, if you want to, if you want to become wealthy, you go to seminars, you go to boot camps, you write, you read books. Um, yep. It's a different type of learning. So right. I, I, university, I, somebody said university should teach you how to learn not oh, necessarily yeah. what to learn. Absolutely. So if you figure out that, okay, I learn better by being in classroom, mm -hmm. then that's the way you, you know, you structure whatever your learning is post, you know, university, right? Um, if you learn best by, you know, kinesthetic, meaning I got to get my hands on it, then you, you structure your learning that way. But yes, what are some of your, your, your favorite podcasts that you listen to going through this? Yeah, absolutely. I, I by far, man. I I have to say, between Rod Cleef and Joe Fairless, yeah. uh, they they have provided an abundance, an abundance, an abundance of information. Uh, but that's but there are so many out there. There's, there's Jake and Gino uh, sure. with Will Barrel Profits. There's oh, even even Michael Blanc. I've I've learned a lot from Michael Blanc. Um, I've studied all of his materials. Um, so there, there are a lot of great educators out there. Uh, Brian Chavis, uh, there are a lot of great educators out there that provide a lot of information. Um, and again, being married to real estate and having so much experience in real estate, there are different nuances and different pieces right. of information, you know, that I had to uh, bring under my, my umbrella. I wanna, uh, but, can I get, give a shout out to one more? What you yes, just came to mind, um, the GOB Network with Jim Biggs okay. out of Chicago. Okay. Okay. The GOB network. Um, one of his 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 uh, thought process is, you know, there is a lot of people who, you know, there's money that you're going to have to be, you know, to in order to be a part of, you know, the mentoring that's there. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's setting up an open source um, kind of uh, environment. And for those who don't quite understand open source, it's means it's free. For the, you know, it's the, you know, the cost is your involvement in the group. And as long as you're involved in the group, you can, you know, reap the rewards of, uh, of, of learning, et cetera. So check out the GOB network with uh, Jim Biggs in Chicago. If, uh, if cost is a, is an issue um, for you not to be a part of some of these other programs, I'm sorry, go ahead, please. Oh, no, no, absolutely. I, I definitely check out the, the GOB network. Um, so, 
So of course, a, a ton of self-education, the prior real estate experience, you know, bringing some of those new skills under, under my belt. Uh, but one thing I, I've learned over time is the value of patience um, and, not, and not rushing, right? Um, and so my approach was instead of me going out and trying to immediately raise capital, um, and, I, and I can talk about that in a second, but instead of immediately going out, trying to raise capital, immediately going out trying to uh, uh, acquire a deal, I, where I was in my space mentally, physically, emotionally, um, you know, spiritually, uh, and, and all the things that I was transitioning through, I felt more comfortable taking an education-based approach in terms of how I approached the market, uh, where I was able to now become more of a, a teacher of real estate, right? Real estate principles, um, investing principles, mixing in the multifamily, um, building a bigger multifamily network where I can bring people in to teach and to educate um, and to build a community and foster a community of people who come together who learn, who network, who build relationships, and who ultimately do business. Um, and the so reason you, why so you took all the education that you had learned and yeah. you turned into an educator of sorts to the community that you already had developed or that knew that you knew. And so, where where is your community right now? Where where yeah. is how can someone find your community? Yep. So it's it, it's an action a community that I've, I've started from scratch when I decided to pivot. Um, I decided to be, again, extremely focused. So instead of uh, reaching into my contact base and adding every contact I ever met into this community, I built it organically and I built it from scratch, specifically focused on multifamily so that the attraction process is attracting people who are attracted to what the mission of this, you know, this community is. Um, and where so can they find this community? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and so, uh, so the backbone of that community starts off with my, my email list. Um, you can join my, my email list by going to my website. That's kevinsbreckenridge.com. Um, and then the backbone to the email list is the Facebook group. Uh, the Facebook group is called the Multifamily Investors Collective. Um, it's a group that you can find on Facebook. And that is the, the core function of, of my community. But again, the, the, uh, the goal and the purpose is to foster the business relationships, foster the personal relationships, because as you know, Jonathan, when you get to this higher level, right, I could easily have gone out and said, okay, I'm going to raise a million dollars and I'm going to acquire a two or $3 million project. Right. But just like, just like you have, uh, you have a ton of people, new people getting into this business, it's because it's where we're dealing in businesses themselves. It's almost like a startup community, right? Um, there's all this excitement when you first get in and when people first get started, but how's the performance of the asset and how's the performance of that investor and that investor group over time? It's the same way with startups. Over time, a lot of startups end up failing. A lot of investor groups can end up failing. A lot of partnerships can fall out. Um, so knowing that having experienced various degrees of that, my approach was, hey, I wanna go deep with my knowledge. I wanna go deep with my relationships. And I really wanna make sure that the people I'm doing business with are properly, are, that relationship is properly set on a strong foundation right. as 
as well as my understanding and my skill and my ability to to invest in this asset class at this level. Sure. Um, so 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 let me go back. There's something that you did that I didn't do, um, and it makes sense. You said instead of going and adding your entire database to create the community, you created the community, and then let the let there be an organic you know organic thing in terms of Facebook, um, or in terms of your mailing list and your website. How did you how did you drive people if you're not adding people from your from your initial database to to your group? Was it just started primarily as a Facebook group and then kind of went up from there, or how did, how did it go? Yeah, actually, the Facebook group was actually the last thing. What I what I focused on uh, first was the email list, um, and literally through uh, connecting with people in specialized groups on Facebook, um, through multifamily property owners that I know and that I've reached out to, um, through industry contacts that I've met over time. Um, that's kind of how I started the list. And then over time, as I got more into the teaching and you yeah. know understanding the asset class and doing more teaching, I started putting out more information um, yeah. between you know the the um, the interviews that I do. Uh, I've written some eBooks. Um, yeah. I have a newsletter, right? The newsletter that goes out every week. Um, so I've used that the different components to start to build that that email list. And then as I was building the email list, I brought in the uh, Facebook investor community um, yeah. component to, you know, to bring that cohesive and that interaction there. Um, but yeah, through a, a variety of, of different ways, but uh, again, focusing on making sure that it's multifamily specific. What about right now, the, um, you, you, the, the markets, the markets you're in right now, where, where are you right now? Yeah, so market-wise, I'm focused on uh, particularly this, the Cincinnati area. Um, Cincinnati is a great market. It's a market that I know. It's a market that I have a lot of uh, contacts in, um, but I like the Midwest. I'll, I'll name a couple markets. Um, I've got a top market, um, and then from there, you, you know, you have a tiered list of, of markets, but sure. um, I like the Cincinnati market a lot. Um, Ohio, really, I mean, uh, and there's different angles of how you invest, but Cleveland, um, I like Cincinnati, which includes the Dayton area. Columbus is a very uh, strong market. Um, I like uh, Tennessee. Memphis um, has, is a good market from uh, certain angles. Um, the Atlanta market is a very popular uh, market. Um, I actually like the Baltimore market. Um, and, and from a broker standpoint, we, we haven't touched too much on that, but um, I, I am focused on multifamily brokerage as well. Um, and from a broker standpoint, my primary focus is the Baltimore area, then bringing that down to a DC. But I like the Baltimore market for a lot of reasons. Um, let's see, Jacksonville, Florida, different uh, markets in Florida are, are very active and very popular. Um, I like North Carolina, um, some markets in North Carolina and uh, some sub markets outside of Atlanta. So, you know, so I actually, I, I literally study, you know, the entire uh, country and on a frequent basis, I'm cycling through different markets to see what's happening. Good. So then, what are you, what are you using to uh, to do your market analysis? May I ask? Uh, just raw research, raw research, and by raw research, I mean literally diving into picking a a, 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 a location on a map or from a list, diving in, um, and doing that ground level research. What's the population? 
What, what is the population trends? What are the job trends? Uh, what, are, what are some of the economic development news happening in that community? Um, and then also looking at the deal specifically, what, what cap rates are they trading at? Um, what, you know, what are the occupancy rates? Um, so literally just digging in and doing a lot of that raw research to get a lot of that raw on the, on the ground data. Where are you getting your research for cap rates? That's a very good one right there. Yeah. Uh, historic cap rates. Are you talking to prop, uh, property managers or, 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 you know, specifically that particular one? I'm, I'm interested in how, how you find that. Yeah, so cap rates, you actually uh, could get a lot of cap rate information from a, a, a good thorough offering memorandum, um, whether that's whether that's through LootNet or through a private broker. Um, and one of the ways to see what the cap rates are in terms of real time is, is looking through the deals as you look through them. So say, for example, on LootNet, there might be five or 10 deals on there um, and they're publishing what the cap rate, uh, what the cap rate is, or you just kind of see it from um, the different uh, information channels, whether it's other educators, um, whether I'm on a lot of broker lists, so I'm getting deals from brokers all across the country, because again, I'm looking as a broker and as an investor. Um, and so I'm seeing and keeping, you know, this trajectory over mine, you're looking at markets over, over time, you're seeing how the cap rates are moving, how the cap rates are compressing. Um, and then there are different uh, studies, uh, market reports, uh, CBRE has a, a lot of good information that they publish. They probably have the top research house um, in, in terms of uh, multifamily, in terms of real estate period. Marcus uh, you and got Marcus and Millichap. Yep, you got Marcus and Millichap. So you, using a lot of those um, industry real trends and uh, there, there are just a lot of different resources where you can get that cap rate data. Got it. Okay. Well, look, man, we have been talking for quite a while here, but uh, what I want uh, people to do is be able to follow you or connect with you at some point in time in the future, trying to figure out how to do that. How do they connect with you? I think you gave, gave us some of that information before. Um, could you cycle back through that for us again uh, to make sure that people can get in contact with you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on the World Wide Web at Kevin S as in Sam Breckenridge. That's B-R-E-C-K-E-N-R-I-D-G-E. -E. It's a long one, .com. Um, You can find me on all major social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, you can find, be, find me by name. That's Kevin S. Breckenridge, or you can find me by my social media handle that's at legacy in motion but it's spelled l-e-g-a-c-i-n in motion i-n-m-o-t-i-o-n -O -O legacy in motion excellent well listen thank you so much kevin for taking the time out to uh to speak with us today and uh let us know how we can get in you know i think this would be really really good for somebody who is, uh, you know, maybe doing a bunch of different things and recognizing they need to kind of uh, focus their their energy, um, or trying to figure out how to overcome some uh, some some challenges to to make it happen, and really get involved with a community that um, you know they can know, like and trust, and that can know, like and trust them as they continue to move forward. And I just want to say thanks again, congratulations again on your newborn. Um, 
I, hold on. They're about one of your, is your child, how old is your child right now? It's about she just turned one. Uh, well, now I say just, it's crazy how time flies, but uh, she, she turned one almost a month ago. So she's almost 13 months now. 13 months, man. I'm thinking newborn. It's not newborn. <laughs> 13 months. Congratulations on that, man. And listen, if there's anything that we can do for you here at Red Boot, let us know. We'll, uh, we'll be right there. Okay. Okay, man, I appreciate you. Thanks again, Jonathan, for the opportunity. Thanks, Kevin.